Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America where I'm traveling together with my good friend, Pastor Danny Miller. Thank you, Danny, for joining us again. Yeah, great to be here, and uh, we're okay now. I'm not driving, so we're, <laughs> we're right now. And uh, yeah, we've just come on off the back end of uh, just a really good, really exciting and inspiring ambassador's weekend together yeah and uh along that line i have to ask you was this your first time ever watching a super bowl yeah do you know what a super bowl is yes it is it, and it, it's a it's a large bowl of you know where i have my soup in that, that is that is very american actually both 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 would be correct you know a big a, a big bowl <laughs> and a, the football game um and i i mean have you ever? I know that you used to live in America. I did. I did, and uh, I did actually. Um, I was in Pittsburgh or near Pittsburgh, and and is I love Pennsylvania. Precious, wonderful people up there. But um, it was at a time when uh, they said it's the Super Bowl. Would you come and watch it? I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds good. I'm, whatever it is, um, and it was actually Pittsburgh in in this the Super Bowl, and they the won. Steelers. The Steelers, yeah, yeah, and and they well, they didn't steal anything actually. They they, they were very honest about it. They won, and um, and so uh, it was it was a good atmosphere. I didn't understand anything about it. It looked like it was just you know it were great people. It just looked like rugby, except they wear protective gear just so they don't hurt themselves. You know, um, bless them. Let's see how, let's see how many people ride in now. Well, you know what? I I don't I I've never watched a complete sporting event in my life. So. Football, baseball, soccer. Oh, actually, I um, I did I did watch um, the the Super Bowl for the first time. Not the whole way through, not the whole way through. But my first time watching the Super Bowl was in Singapore, and um, and I had rice, which I guess you know is as less than half the experience because usually you're supposed to eat really bad food like hot dogs and Doritos oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. salsa and, and, and soda much so better, yeah. yeah much better much better for your for your health um, and I try to keep my girly figure so I, I like these kind of foods but then they have um, a um, uh, the World Cup you know in, in when I was in the UK one time I think I was I might have been yeah, yeah I was at your church I was at your church, and we were staying at a Holiday Inn. I think it might have been just down the road somewhere. It's the Holiday Inn that I usually stay at. Uh, I I can't remember which one the Holiday Inn it was. It was this one that was by a steakhouse. It's the only thing I could recognize in that area. Not far from Sheffield. Right. And um, so I stayed at the Holiday Inn. There was a wedding taking place that night, and I was traveling together with Stone. We had just done filming together with you. And we came in that night. The World Cup was taking place, and I think the UK was probably in it, or I don't know. Um, there were two. There were two teams playing each other. I'm assuming they were opposing teams. And, um, and I didn't. I, I that was the first time that I'd ever been a part of like a sporting event group. 
the wedding group came into the lobby of the hotel while Stone and I were sitting on a couch watching the World Cup, and it turned into one of the most rowdy, like, ever, and, but it was a blast. I wanted to get a chair by the TV and face the people instead of facing the TV because the act, the way that they were acting was entertaining. I mean, I loved watching yeah. the Brits cheering for, you know, their World Cup team. Well, I mean, it depends how far along the World Cup you had been watching because usually is, England is only in the beginning because, by, you know, we usually get knocked out. Last time it was Iceland, you know, mighty, huge Iceland uh, beat England. So um, it's, it, you know, been disappointed for the last 45 years or something. But... Um, you know, and, and soccer is great. I used to play a lot of soccer. In fact, but your I, team is like Portsmouth, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, for those intercessors out there, if you want to pray for um, my my team, because we don't we're not doing too great. Um, but the thing is, being a Portsmouth supporter, because I am from Portsmouth, and so um, when I started dating, uh, who then became my wife, um, I remember ringing her one day, giving her a call, and saying, "Listen, honey." I've, I've bought a gift for you. Now, I generally thought this was a big deal. I thought this was really cool, romantic, and uh, I thought this is a great way when we were dating. So later on, you know, looking back, but Joe said, I was really excited about this. You know, my, my boyfriend's bought me, my new boyfriend's got me a gift. I wonder what it's going to be, you know, maybe a bit of jewelry or, or something. And, and, and I was generally really thrilled. So I, I, I arrived at her place and gave her the gift and, and I bought her a Portsmouth soccer strip, you know, the tops and, and everything. And and I was really shocked that she she wasn't that thrilled about it. Hard to please. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it. <laughs> now you know, after a number of years in marriage, I kind of got that now. Um, so you know, I mean, bless it. Um, but but sport is great. So I I love the atmosphere of. Um, um, the Super Bowl and, and American football. Uh, I don't get it. They keep stopping and starting. I don't know why. Just play the game. Come on, man. What, what's going on? And then at halftime, they have like five hours of some, you know, someone trying to sing. And it, it's just like, you know, just play the game. And I feel sorry for those who go to a sports game and end up at some teenage concert. I mean, am I just sounding old? No, you, what you're saying is funny because most people, most people don't even care about the game. Or, I mean, those are the people that I've been exposed to, but the majority of the people want to watch the halftime videos. Oh, yeah, really? So the commercials. How many people do you know in the UK that look forward to look watching commercials? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a number of them, but they're sad, lonely, or in prison. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like commercials for like you know, spam. I they try to make they they honestly tried to make spam look. Have, 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 do you guys have spam in the UK? Yes, we do. Is that the meat? Yeah, it's something. I don't know if it's meat, <laughs> but it's something. But they put it in a pan. Right. They threw in some veggies and they kind of flipped it around. They okay. they even tried to make butter make it look good. And it's spam. So what is, this was an advert. This was an advert for halftime at the Super, Super Bowl. So this was supposed to these, – these are like the most prime locations for selling commercials in the world at any other time of the year. The Super Bowl um, commercials at halftime are the top, top of all advertising in the world. So these was a, would have cost a lot of money to – Yes, yes. And I can't believe spam could not be bought for the amount of money that they... Who are they selling spam to? Yeah, who? They said, 
is it a half-time meal that you know you can quickly go and do something between the by the time the game starts it's a missionary diet thing i mean i it's something that you would eat if you were a missionary and you're trying to prove that you need somebody to send if my son goes to college he's going to college this year if he wants us as his parents to send him money only thing he has to do is take his phone out take a photo of him cooking spam and say dad this is how poor i am yeah i need you to send me money please send money i'm starving i'm starving so much i'm eating spam if it gets that bad then you got to two two things pray and, and send money <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah well, so the culture of, of seeing all this is just um it's interesting you know and so uh but but it looked like everyone was having a great time i mean i don't think anyone really understands what they're looking at or what they're watching i really don't no uh, my wife was cheering She's yeah, from she Sweden. Kept, but she kept cheering she, for both teams. Yeah, she was. I think she was she was cheering at timeout. <laughs> but the, she was cheering for the spam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was cheering for the spam. While we were there, one of the things that we did because this was our ambassador weekend and our during our ambassador weekend we had people from all over the world that came together uh, to help back to Jerusalem strategize on accomplishing goals. So what we did is we laid out a series of goals that we believe that God has laid on the heart of the Chinese and we are wanting to help them accomplish. And our role in the West is to partner with the Chinese and raise as much resources as we can to put into the hands of those missionaries who are going into the most dangerous parts of the world. And so while people are coming together and watching, you know, on this the very final night, it was a part of our fellowship. But we didn't just watch or try to watch the Super Bowl and the commercials. We also watched the very first pre-screen of the Back to Jerusalem Bible study videos. And no spam included in that, uh, which was good. Um, and it was it was so exciting um, to see, to have the visual. I mean, here's people now, they can listen to the podcast. Um and we can try explain something. Many many of the um, podcasts that you have uh, broadcast, you, you, you're coming from various places in China or Iraq, Iran, and, and, and many other places. Um, and so people can picture that as you try to uh, explain. Okay, this is where I am. This is what's going on. This is who I'm with now. Um, there's a lot behind the, the, these video series, and I want to encourage people to watch this stuff. But Firstly, people can actually have a, a visual of, okay, this is where Brother Eugene is at. This is who he's meeting. This is what's going on. They can see for themselves. They may not be there, but they can see for themselves. And it's, a, it's great technology nowadays to use. Um, and, and I just think it adds a, a, another dimension to, um, to what we want to bring out. Um, and so we have a, a series of... Um, uh, 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 what shall I say? Video. You, can't, you can't say DVD anymore. No, DVD I, is kind of old school. Right. Can you believe that? DVDs are kind of already phased out. People were talking about when will this be available on DVD. And I looked at them and I was like, probably never. We're looking at putting a code um, in the books. And you just go onto a website and download the videos for your – So basically the back to, this Back to Jerusalem videos is called Chasing Revival. And we are so excited to be able to we're, – we're planning on coming out with these. We'll be talking about them more as we get closer to the release date. But it will be summer 2018 this year. There's nine videos, so it's almost like getting into a Netflix series. 
So you got these nine videos where we take you around the world walking in the footsteps of revival. We start in Jerusalem at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus gives the Great Commission to his disciples. And boom, that is when the world starts to change. And we follow it. We go from the Mount of Olives down into Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Joppa, from Joppa into Asia Minor, from Asia Minor into Europe and Rome, from Rome down into Africa, from Africa to Europe from Europe around to the Americas. We arrive at today where the largest revivals taking place in China and South Korea. From there, we look at the area that is the most dark, the area that has yet to experience revival, the place where the Great Commission has yet to be carried out, the final frontier, the last push of missions, which is the area between China and Jerusalem. And then we end that when all the world has heard, when every ear has heard the good news of Jesus Christ, we end in Jerusalem, just as Isaiah prophesied about the return of the Messiah, just as John in the book of Revelation talks about the return of the Messiah at the East Gate. That's where we end the entire series. We take you on that journey in a way that is explorative. So it's not me as a host walking around saying, well, if you look to the right, you're going to see, you know, the kind, kindly looking, you know, animals that, you know, belong in cages. Uh, What we say is that, you know, I am learning and I'm talking to people that are teaching me and we're on this journey together and we do it, you know, from podcast to podcast. And Danny, you're with me together on, on some of those, those episodes you and I are exploring together. Um, exploring around Europe and Rome and yeah. and getting kind of the feel of revival not just in Europe and Rome but also America mm-hmm. and 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 some of those uh, looking back they were so fascinating to be standing outside uh, potentially where the the prison and the dungeon where Paul was mm. and so we are familiar in reading the the letters to Timothy and some of the last writings of of the apostle Paul but to be in that place to know that there would have been only been a few hours of daylight through that um bro- you know broken wall that they were in and um to be able to write this stuff it adds a, a, a new dimension it adds um to the value of what we're reading and i think that's what uh, the, these um, this series brings out where these people are from the you you're walking in the same steps as, as in you know that paul did jesus did um the impact that it had in, in that nation or, and um you know even using rome as as an example uh it, it was it's just fascinating to be there to be talking about these things that took place okay years ago um but you're on a journey um, and, and it is fascinating to follow you on this journey of where revivals have taken place uh, going into Africa um, and then into Europe uh, it, you know you had um, things going on around the world but then it went west in, in America uh, and it brings it not quite modern day as well but you know he does in China but then you have Azusa Street you have a, you know the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit there the birth of you know the charismatic and pentecostal uh, church it's just it is it's fascinating so people can see and visualize this stuff it it, it brings it out and um uh, and 
yeah, I, I, it was a great. It was a great opportunity. It was, it was lovely for me to be part of this from times and just to chat with you. I learned a lot, you know. And if I learned a lot just being there, I know a lot of people will grab, uh, learn a lot from what we're going to be sharing and talking about. Um, it's also good to see, uh, you, you know, who, who took my wallet as well. I, I actually recognize them. There were people that I, I had to remove from my church a while ago. So <laughs> I now know what happened. But, you know, so it's, we had a we had a section where Danny and I are getting onto a train in Rome and we are we are we are traveling towards the Vatican. And as we're getting onto this underground subway train. We are, we just happened to be filming Danny getting onto the train at the very moment that he had his wallet stolen. So we have a, a, a we have video footage and now you've seen the video footage. We stopped it and we paused it so you could see the two guys, one of those shady characters were the ones that took your wallet. Yeah, it is true. And so, yeah, bless him. Um, but it, that's experience. I know we, we touched on it before, but that is real. That's, that's, this stuff goes on. This stuff goes on for missionaries when they go to a, a new place. Look what happened to Paul. And, you know, it's worse than just having his wallet, you know, stolen. There, there were worse things happen. And, and I think that's what we, we bring out. Real life. You, 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 when you're in um, uh, Turkey, you know, there, there were people that you meet that you wouldn't get on a traditional Bible study video series. And, and so this is very... Could unique. you explain? I mean, this is your first time seeing these videos, right? Could you explain what makes these videos different? I mean, for the person that's listening to this audio podcast with no pictures really given to them, could you explain, um, you know, what to expect? Like, what's the setting for these videos? I mean, I can explain it, but but I was a part of kind of making it. But you have just watched it for the very first time, and... I, I don't know if it was what you expected or what you didn't expect. Would you be able to explain kind of the setting, the the the, the kind of genre that you felt when you were when you were watching it? Is this like 1980s TBN, um, or is this you know Game of Thrones? Yeah, <laughs> I like the perspective there. That's um, yeah, the 1980s TBN. We didn't have the hairdos for for something <laughs> like that, so that that didn't quite work. But um, the thing is, look, it's it's reality. It's raw. It, it, it's real this stuff goes on it's not it's not you know um, being uh, prettied up in a way it's not being all you know colorful this is just stuff that that's gone on and and where you take us it's it, it, they're, not, they're not easy situations we, we I remember us trying to get into some places and we weren't allowed in, in fact we were, we were kicked out of some places um you know because we wanted just to get into and show Look, this stuff went on in the past. But anyway, I'm, I'm just talking. But the, my perspective is what in watching these videos, it comes to life revival. It brings to life that actually it's not in a book. It's not just in a book. It's not. It, it's something that's been shared from the pulpit. You know that that's where at times it can feel detached. You're you're looking and talking about places that you're walking in where God has shown up. The Holy Spirit has shown up. This is real. You're walking in places where, and and, and, you, and you're not just covering one place. You, you went to places that are very difficult to get to. You know, you've, um, even in Greece, you know, the edge of and Athens and stuff. You, you went into where it can be a little bit, um, not many people around, and, and 
the setting has may not been easy but it shows people gosh if it happened in these ordinary places or in these uh challenging places you know we talk about rome we talk about uh, china i think that, that it, that's inspiring that gosh if it happens over there it can happen in my town it can happen in my country uh, god is not finished and and i think we need to reawaken what god has done in the past we need to remember that this God who was he's the same yesterday, today and forever, what he did in those countries, what he did in Ethiopia, what he did in the U.S., in, in, in Azusa Street, what he did in, in the Hebrides Revival, the Welsh Revival, we'll talk about in 1904 with Evan Robertson. Use, and, and, and that's something as well, just to come to mind. You, you bring out not just the places, but the people. He used regular people. In fact, people who were far from perfect in the way of their flaws or weaknesses but you highlight these were ordinary men and women yet they had a hunger for god um they 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 kept with the one thing that is um their desire uh, to seek him to pray uh, they called upon the name of the lord and god heard their cries and and then another thing you brought out that there comes to mind is not just people's lives changed nations changed economy changed society changed and this is really important because we can forget about all this it's not just where the heart changes there's there's uh, an impact in, in in the world there's society around them the environment changes that's what this stuff brings out one of the things that i was interested in, because we had um we had a group of our ambassadors they came together and i asked them to critique you know the video let me know what they thought went, went wrong or what went right it turns out that you know they were very opinionated they, all <laughs> yeah. they were very opinionated they had so many comments uh, not least of them my wife she had several comments I, I i'm sure it's not easy for her to listen to me talk for long periods of time don't you ever get that when you're preaching brother eugene yes yes I, i'm my biggest yeah. critic my my precious lovely wife but i know she'll tell me the truth i don't want to hear that you know i like i like people to tell me how good my preaching was and then um but i know if i ask my wife you know it well one of the things that comes up that i think is a very good question i would like to ask you as a pastor because one of the things that i do in the bible study book so there's this 66 book a day book that goes together with the video and it's a nine-part video and the 66 day book that goes along with it it's this devotional of 66 days that uh, chasing revival a road trip bible study and as we go through and it's not a traditional one so it, it this bible study it does not follow a technique it's not linear it's it, it doesn't um uh, start out with a very systematic idea of reaching a conclusion um it is inspirational and in that inspiration, um, it can seem a bit sporadic from place to place. And I think it follows the Bible in the way that the Bible is a bit sporadic. Yeah. And if you follow the Bible, it may not be apparent right away, but there is a destination. It shows the fall of man and the misery of man and the need for a savior and then the redemption that is brought on by Jesus Christ and the reunification that will one day take place. This is a, this is a love story. That, you know, but it's told by 40 different authors, 66 different books over a period of several thousand years. And so it is inspired in different ways at different times by different people. And I think that this Bible study is a bit like that in some ways. So the, the logic is not a Western one. It is a very Eastern logic. 
And uh, one of the things that is brought up, and I would love to ask you about it, is that as we look at the term, the word revival, the way that I'm using the term revival is one in which it is the, the kind of the inst- instantaneous combustion that is taking place with a group of people at a certain time in a certain geographical location where it is the starting of the church and the found the the kind of the building up of the church rather than the idea of being revived a church that already exists but is dying or is dead and is being revived um do you think that what's what's your opinion what are both of those a way that you can use the term or or am, am I misusing the word revival by by saying that this is a, the building of a new church not the the reviving of an old church it was really exciting what you brought out when you uh, when you shared about revival in the past because there was uh, though it may seem at times sporadic there was a common theme out of revival and you you brought this out and and, and I, I think this is really important for us to um uh, to capture because in in, in all the these nine parts of, of revival that you shared and it's in different cultures different times different places around the world the and including jerusalem when revival took place and we use pentecost as an example for revival once revival took place there in the upper room the, they didn't keep it to themselves. It went out. It was shared. The, the fruit of revival wasn't just, oh, that was a lovely meeting. I feel good. I feel warm inside. It, it, I just love everybody. Uh, let's buy the CDs. Let's get the book. It was great. And, 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 you know, and then go home and forget, okay, that was nice. You know, no fruit. Everything that you brought out, and this is really important, the fruit of revival was they w- did not keep it to themselves. Whether it was in Ethiopia, it traveled. Whether it was from Jerusalem, it traveled then into Europe. They tried to go east as well, but that's what you bring out. And then it goes west into Europe. Um, the revival, and obviously in, in, the, in the, the British Isles um, with, with George Whitfield and uh, gosh, but even you know, just 100 years ago with, with Evan Roberts and the Hebrides revival, it, it then spread. And actually the, the Holy Spirit led people to go west and then out of the west we have then Azusa Street as I mentioned and there's many others with Jonathan Edwards and D.L. Moody and then you have you know uh, Oral Roberts and Billy Graham and Jack Coe and and all these that just blossom but out of revival it wasn't just some lovely fuzzy feel-good meeting if I could be so bold to say that what brings out it for me revival which comes out in the series is that there was fruit by I gotta pass this on, I gotta tell others, I'm gonna be led and and that's what the fruit of revival is to me, and that's what I think we bring out in the in the video series. I one of the things I think that this is such a a a huge kind of subject in question, if you will, is because if we think of revival as merely something that revives that which has already been alive, then I think that we miss out on the amazing passion and the passionate experience, if you will, for the area, the areas that are receiving the movement of Jesus Christ for the very first time in their nation's history. So, for instance, we talk about revival in China. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what we're talking about about revival in China, there's never been a church of the size that it is now. So, if revival cannot be used as the term, 
you know, for a new church that's being planted, um, then I've been misusing it for, for decades. And, uh, when I look at the new Testament and I see the day of Pentecost where 3000 are added and I see Paul going and planting churches in, in new areas and these, these, um, very motivated movements are, are born out of this, this, uh, spirit, uh, that is moving through the area to, you know, following Paul, following Peter, following the disciples in the different areas. This is the essence of what I see as being revival. Not just reviving a church that has already been there, but reviving man back to his creator, bringing him back to the original relationship that he was supposed to have all along. And then by taking on the, the garment of Christ, by taking on Christ in, inside of us, we take on that same mantle that he himself had and that he gave audibly and is recorded in the Bible to his disciples. He took it upon himself to go and reach those that were lost. And then he gave it to his disciples to continue what he started. Yeah. And, and so that, so to me, that is revival. Um, people have been searching or going to, uh, you know, maybe a conference and, uh, and a meeting and, 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 you know, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That and, and people can come away inspired or feeling that, yeah, there's been revived. Um, but look, what we're talking about is powerful stuff and sometimes new. Um, but the fruit of it is that it's not kept to themselves. Yeah. They they are it, they're, they're just led. They they they. I mean, look at Peter. He you don't see him. I mean, he was denying the Lord. He was you know a little bit. Sh- you know, he had that encounter on the breakfast uh, on, on John chapter one. Um, but the, out of that encounter, then there came the Holy Spirit. And the next thing we see is he's preaching. He's preaching. You know, look at the power of Stephen uh, later in the book of Acts uh, because of Pentecost. You know, he had different giftings, but his sermons and it was revival. Things were happening for some. It cost their lives, as we're seeing now in China. But uh, despite the persecution, despite the cost, there is a revival going on in China. And, and so it may look different to what we class or sometimes traditionally can class as revival, um, yeah. you know, of what we sometimes see in, a, in maybe in a Western sense. Um, and we put actually in the, in the video itself, at one point we put up a quote that, you know, there's nothing so foolish as to announce you're going to host a revival because <laughs> you, you can't plan it. It is the movement of the spirit. You can't orchestrate it. That's one of the things that we find as we travel around the world following after revival is that one of the elements that is key to revival is that you can't plan it. You, you can add all the ingredients together. It's kind of like recreating life. All the scientists can put all of the, the known atoms together and try to, to make them pack in, in, in the same little dense area, but they can't make it come alive. You know, you, you can't take blood and put it into a person and pump it after they've already died and make them, you know, come back alive. It's only the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit that can bring life, breathe life. It wasn't the clay. God didn't put together a, a science project out of, out of clay and make man. The, the key ingredient was the breath of life, the, the pneuma that came from Christ and went into the soil itself that gave it 
life. And we have that with our weather system, with our solar system, with, with the, with the, with the, the, the macro climate that we have and the micro climate that we have to the smallest uh, little living atom to the largest, you know, yeah. uh, reproductive uh, star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I find that breath of life of God in man so exciting and that's why when we're chasing revival um, and by the way I don't think correct me if I'm wrong I, I've looked around you know I did all my Google research I, I, I put in a couple you know that took a long time um, but I have not found a series that has attempted to chase the movement of the spirit around the world throughout time. Now, of course, this is not exhaustive. And I know that there will be people that will watch this and say, hey, you left out this revival and you left out this movement. Dude, it's 22 minutes uh, of video um, over you know nine different videos. It's not exhaustive. But I think it awakens something in us that, wow, what we are a part of as a Christian didn't just start in the 1900s. It didn't just start in the 1800s. This has been coming around the world for 2,000 years, and we're a part. We, we play a part in this story, in this history. And that's what, uh, again, it's something that is um, consistent in the, in the revival, chasing the revival, revival series, is that God loves the suddenlies. So I don't think the disciples, they, they were led into the upper room, but they didn't wake up that morning thinking, you know what, we're going to have revival today. I'm going to bring revival. We're going to set the conditions. I'm going to shout, uh, you know, and uh, we're going to... At 2 o'clock. You know, so we'll start at 2. two and, and, you know, and, and, and it'll be revival when anyone turns up at 2, you know. But it's true. And, and so we can do all these things. But look, you know, it's just not... Ha- we can't put God in a box, you know. It, you know, I know there's churches and sometimes they sing a, a hymn because they know if they get to the second verse. Because once, it, it was during that hymn that... The Holy Spirit fell. And so everyone like, okay, let, let, let's sing that hymn then, you know, let, we'll keep singing it till something happens. It's like, that's not how it happens. You look all through, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Um, what we do see a pattern of is that God does show up. He does. He is showing up. He's doing it today. It's going on. And it's actually been going on for years. And he's shaping the churches on a journey. And actually the journey is led with pocket these these revivals. Um and, and then out of revivals, we, we're seeing these men and women of God who have just captured, who have been part of revival, and, and then they're sent to somewhere else. And it's just amazing. There's such fruit from revival, but it's not as we know it. It's not as this this box. I, I know I keep coming back to it, but it, we can't just plan it. We're going to have revival. We can have expecting hearts. We've got to be expecting people. But it boils down to God is on the throne. God is sovereign. We need to be available. We need to be hungry. You know, we can do the, set these type of conditions, but it boils down to it's God. It's all about God. He, but the suddenlies will happen. They're going on now, and we can be part of that stuff as well. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, what kind of things will I see when I'm watching this video? Well, as we actually walk in the footsteps of Peter, and we walk in the footsteps of Jesus, and we walk in the footsteps of Paul. From there, we transition and walk in the footsteps of the first century church, the second century church, all the way up until modern day revival. And we we follow these the, the, this movement so that you can get a taste of this. You and your Bible group, or your your church, or those that you're studying with. And then we pose questions, we ask questions, we find questions uh, along the way. 
that are not easy ones. And we, we see events that take place in the history of man that just will blow your mind. Then you'll think this, this did not happen in the history of man, but actually it did. One of the things that I found just to just to share a couple of really quick highlights that I found as my favorite was there's a mountain which is the largest church within this mountain is the largest church in all of Africa and all of the Middle East and this mountain is in Egypt and God picked it up and moved it and the movement of that mountain is actually recorded in Egyptian history and then other miracles that are like collabor- collaborated by many different people. Things like, for instance, going to Wales and learning about the Welsh revival and how people, when they were walking down the road, they heard the grass on the ground crying out to them, telling them, you know, you need to repent, come to Christ. The grass. I mean, that would freak me out. I mean, I I, just, I would just be, I wouldn't want to walk in the grass anymore. I don't want to mow it. I, you know, what did I, what did I eat? You know, what, what, but the grass calling out, people waking up at night in the middle of the night, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, hearing the voice of God saying, you need to be in church. And they get up out of their bed, get out of their pajamas, get dressed, had to be pitch black outside. They didn't have electric lights walking across the field thinking they're going to arrive at a private place by themselves in the middle of the night at church only to find several thousand people had the exact same dream and arrived at the same time uh, you will see this and yeah. and hear these stories while we take this journey uh, going across the world following revival yeah and and, and we and my, my desire, my prayer is that this inspires people to have a passion to want to see that again but in their town or in, in their area um Things come and go in the church age. You know, some sometimes there's songs and hymns and then there's choruses. You know, things change, but we cannot lose. We need to bring back that passion and desire for revival. It's like, you know, sometimes in the 70s and 80s, there was the thief in the night. There was Jesus is coming back again soon. And that in, in some churches, that may not be a big thing now you know you may not hear that preached too often in in the church but it doesn't change the fact that he's coming back well the same as revival there's no church a church b that's still the same what god has done upon the church years ago from from jerusalem and all through the ages even a hundred years ago in america and the british isles um he will do today he's doing that in the east and i'm believing he will do that in the west as well it this journey has changed me in many ways even now when we have our ambassador meeting one of the things that i don't want to do is write up a schedule i mean we have a general idea of what we're going to be doing while we're doing that but i one of the things that i've and even while i was doing the 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 study itself i really felt a very strong burden to not um write a certain number of days for the Bible study to for the Bible study itself to not write them at a certain length or you know a shortness or or or, or long um, in many ways one of the things that was highlighted to me very strongly was the 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 repetitive idea that okay God we are going to come together on this day and praise you Sunday uh, now we are going to start at 10 now don't come at 10 because at 10 we have uh, to do welcoming and then at 10 uh, 10 
don't come yet at 1010. We really want you to come, but not at 1010 because then we have to make announcements and people need to know where they can park and, and the, the, the exits and when the children leave. And then, um, we would really like you to come maybe at 1015 because that we start praise and worship. But if you could be gone by 1030, that would be great. Or at least pause, you know, like halftime at Super Bowl. If you could take a break, um, so that we could do the transition from the praise and worship team to the pastor. And then the pastor's got a message, um, but he can't really stop because we do have to be out of here by 12. Um, we do have about another five minutes, you know, between a, a, a 11.45 and 11.55. If you could come during that time, that'd be really nice. We'd really appreciate it. But be gone by 12 because we do have crockpots and people are going to be hungry at that time and they have to go out. Um, so, God, we really want you to visit us. We want your power to rain down at this time. Could you fit it into your schedule um, to be able to be here, you know, at this time? And I understand the need for uh, schedules. And I understand the need for the Western concepts. But sometimes, isn't it nice just to say, God, I'm on your time schedule. If you don't come, you don't come. But I beg you to come. And if you will, I will wait here for you. And I will submit to your time. And whatever you, if you move on me to weep, I will weep. If you move on me to laugh, I will laugh. If you move on me to speak, I will speak. If you move on me to sit here and remain silent, I will do that. I am yours. Move on me in the way that you will. That, I feel, removes the dictation of how we expect him to move. And allows ourselves, and it allows us to make ourselves vulnerable before Him. And in the making of this "Back to Jerusalem, Chasing Revival" Bible study series, that's kind of the spirit in which it was made. And that comes out because revival is messy, and you that that comes out. That I'm messy, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it is it's not an orderly fashion. Yes, it, yeah. it, one, I, I know I mentioned about the suddenlies, but even when it happens, it's messy, yeah. it, it, and 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 it's 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 a surprise and it's powerful and often it's painful. Yes, you know people think, ooh, that's lovely. Get my tambourine, you know that yeah. type of thing. <laughs> it, it ain't like I, I I think you have a thing against tambourines, don't you? I I think I read it some where they, there's no tambourines allowed in your church. Yeah, they're, they're in hell. I know that. It, it, it's okay. But um, now listen, I'm, I'm teasing a bit. Don't, don't, don't. Actually, I'm not in my church. There's no tambourines. <laughs> Banners, man, and tambourines, you know. They, 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 they've gone. They're in, they're in uh, you know, the shield. Um, and so besides that, you know, there won't be revival. That stuff goes on. But let me, I'm just messing. We've got to. Let's not take ourselves seriously, but, but what we're doing and what, yeah. what you portrayed is, is serious. And, and then, and that is that revival is messy. There can, it can be repentance. It can be, you know, where sin is brought to the surface. It could be where people's agenda needs to just completely go out the window and, and their, and their chickens in the oven may be burning, but, but they've got to stay on their knees. They, because something is happening. You know, there, there is honestly, we could be just a prayer away from a miracle. We could be a prayer away from yeah. revival. So I want to encourage people, don't give up. Don't give up for the this household salvation. Don't give up for seeing a breakthrough in their own churches, you know, because sometimes that can be a little frustrating. Um, but even in their own lives, don't think revival is dead. It is not dead. It may not be how we portray it or how we may expect it. I'm sure it was a shock for Peter and the disciples in the upper room. You know, the last thing they, they thought, you know, hanging over their heads is a tongue of fire. 
but that's what happened um and so it can be messy but the fruit is life-changing I, I I can remember this story that I heard about a missionary that I thought was quite interesting. There's a missionary that goes to a people group um, in uh, Solomon Islands. They, he can't speak English. They can't uh, he, they can't speak English. He can't speak their language. And he had served with them for a while, and he ministered among them for a while, and he tried to teach them about their God, and they finally understood his God. And so when he finally got a proper translator to come in, they uh, they asked him, you know, what do you know about his God? And they said, well, his God is very important to him. And they said, yeah, that's true. And they said, what else do you know about it? And they said, well, he 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 wears his, his God on his arm. And they said, why would you say that? And they said, well, it's very clear that whenever we asked him a question about what he could do, where he could go, uh, whether he could, you know, be with us, whether he would need to go somewhere else, before he made any decision in his life, he always consulted his God before he actually made the decision and that God being on his wrist being his wristwatch that any question that he ever was asked anything that he ever did before he you know made the decision to say yes no maybe it was looking at his wristwatch and that's that's just a part of who we are that's just a part of how we plan that's a, that's the way we've grown up but what if just just a crazy idea what if and not all the time but what if we arranged a part of our lives and, and we're completely irresponsible with it. I, that's kind of how I want to be when I get older. I want to be gray and irresponsible. I, I, I want Christ to be able to know that he could use me. And I can walk away from the boats. That if he calls me and I'm fishing. And I, my business is wrapped around the harbor. And my business is in my boat. And all my investments are right there with my boat. And, and my livelihood is right there with my boat. I pray that I have the guts and, and the desire for Christ to say, where are you going, Christ? Because everything else is, is, means, is meaningless. I will up and walk away. Wouldn't it have been smarter to say, wait a minute, I will follow you, but could I sell these first? Because then, doesn't it make sense? I got some pocket money. I can take it with me, you know, when, I, when I'm going out. Um, to, to walk away from those boats but man what they walked away from was nowhere near as great as what they were walking towards that's right, that's right. And, and, and what you're saying here we sometimes we just need to reevaluate what it is that's important to us uh what you value you'll give time for and mm-hmm. so for you know for people who maybe keeping look at their watching <laughs> their watches when uh, there's a mess is going on there's things going on because life is busy we're in a very busy world now and we, we, we talked about it at a previous podcast but it, this is so important and maybe the lord is, is speaking to people about look realigning what is of value what it, what is important um we're and, and we're eternal beings, you know. We, we, there's things that are going to last for eternity. It's something. There's other things that are just for this this life, and we put so much effort and time in, you know, how we're looking and what we're doing for just for this this life. But it's nothing compared to eternity. And so I think it's really important just to um, be reminded that we're part of something much much bigger than ourselves and we're part of something that is eternal and powerful and now and then god will just give us a glimpse of eternity through revival amen thank you so much pastor danny for joining us again it's always good to hang out with you it's always good to kind of go over these things that we are working on at b2j and be able to share that with our listeners thank you thank you brother eugene 
Thank you guys for, again, being with us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. My name is Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the U.S. God bless you.